Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Kickmas! Merry Kickmas indeed. Welcome back, I'm Carl Mack and this is Combat Chronicles. Just going to be talking about striking today um, because that's all that's really been happening over the festive period. Only a little podcast for you uh, hardcores and weirdos that want to listen to combat sports discourse over the holiday season. Um, going to start off with some Muay Thai, have a little break and then segue into the Rise card which took place on Christmas Day itself. Um, in terms of Muay Thai, good fight happened this week, and I'm going to put the link to both fights that I talk about in the description uh, of this podcast. As uh, Daniel Rodriguez, the current uh, Rajadam Nern uh, super welterweight champion, as they call it, but we would know it as in boxing parlance as light middleweight, uh, took on uh, Yovachar Paul Bunsit. Um, little bit of history first, and a little bit of context for those that don't tend to follow. Uh, stadium Muay Thai usually at this weight we're talking uh, never was or once was uh, or foreigners and essentially the never was are you know pretty decent uh, ties um, the once was are brilliant ties that can't be fucked to cut to lightweight or or even lower or uh, anymore and the uh, foreigners are the many uh, sort of decent Levin Stone type guys which uh You'll find more of in uh, countries that aren't usually tiny, like Thailand, um, which is why so many brilliant lower weight fighters that come out of Thailand and Japan. Um, and yeah, essentially, Daniel Rodriguez is one of those foreigners, Swiss fighter, um, but he's really interested in We're going to talk about why. And Yofichar Paul Boonsa is one of the best fighters of the last 10 years of Muay Thai. A little bit of personal history with uh, Yofichar. Got to see him uh, live in person. Um, God, how long ago was that now? Got to be coming up 10 years. Um, beating Singdam, who was one of the best fighters of the previous era and continued to, uh, to be so for a couple of years after that as well. Um, but, you know, within a couple of months, Yovachar beating a who's who, including, you know, Singdam, Senchai, Pechpunchu, although he did end up losing, to, uh, losing that series overall. Um, he was a teenage phenom, which we often see in uh, Thai stadium fights. Um, a clinch monster, 
who, you know, once he was unable to cut weight or unwilling to cut weight anymore, um, he had to diversify his game. And usually we find with specialists in Muay Thai, it's not like Yovachar turned up at the gym and they said, we're only going to teach you how to clinch. And that's why he became good at that. Um, he was a clinch monster because he was tall, young, able to make the weight and therefore able to be really tall and lanky for the weight class perfect for clinch um, and able to maintain that energy as he was still a young uh, teenage kid you know throughout the four or five rounds and what we've seen in the last couple of years is Yovachar has shown that there is more to his game he has become uh, a solid striker in my opinion um, not fought as much as I want him to over the COVID uh, period um, lost a little bit of momentum thing with Yovachar is as well, you know, there was a point where he was he was sort of set to fight uh, Giorgio Petrosian a, a year or so ago, and that, that didn't come off, and I think um, that would have been a really interesting one, um, given where they were both at in their careers at the time. But, um, yeah, he's just an absolutely brilliant fighter, um, definitely one of my favourites. Wasn't always the, uh, the best fighter to watch, because oftentimes these clinch monsters aren't, you know, they can't all look beautiful and, and easy on the eye like Diesel Noid uh, did or someone like that but um, yeah a quality fighter Yovachar who won I think he must have won a couple of stadium titles um, just checking it out actually he was the Lumpini champion at 130 pounds um, and, he, and I know he won the sports writer award uh, he shared it with Sangmini in, in 2012 I remember it vividly because I thought Yovachar deserved it outright um, Sangmini obviously a brilliant fighter in his own right but I really did think that um uh, Yovachar deserved it uh, that year. So, yeah, we're talking, you know, 10 years ago now that I saw him. Uh, brilliant fighter. And uh, now plying his trade up at, like, 154. Looks like a fighter who can't be fucked to make weight, to be honest with you. He's in good nick, but, you know, he's a little bit smaller at this weight. Um, but perfect foil for the Swiss Daniel Rodriguez, who has a pretty stunning uh, on-paper record of 38 wins now after this fight. Um, they fought earlier on in the year, uh, in September. Obviously, these guys are fighting regularly. Um, that was a three-rounder and a good, fun one. Um, really interesting fight. Bit of tit for tat. I thought Rodriguez deserved to win it. This fight they've just had this past week, 23rd of December, at Rajadam Nern uh, Stadium, was absolutely brilliant. Um, lots of sort of... Uh, Shifts in, in tempo uh, and different approaches uh, taken by both men. Um, give you a little outlook on Rodriguez. For an MMA, from, you know, most of my listeners I imagine are MMA fans. If you're an MMA fan, I would say, think for an easy example, think Leon Edwards with a higher output. Uh, lovely uh, body kick, he's southpaw, lovely uh, round kicks to the body, can go upstairs, loves to frame off and create space for the elbow. Um, really fast, um, athletic fighter, great combinations, uh, level changes with the hands. And, uh, yeah, as I say, really loves a lot of the favour of the elbow. Uh, will frame off, step in, or, or just come in with the elbow, um, step in elbow. Really nice work. Um, if we talk about Muay Thai parlance, I would describe him as a female fighter. He seems like an all-round technician. Really good at slipping kicks and firing back with uh, punches and counters. Really nice work. I think he's really easy on the eye. Um for those that find it hard to get into Muay Thai, I would suggest actually maybe starting with him because he's got a nice, aesthetically pleasing record. He's fighting at a weight that most people can sort of get their heads around. Um, 
all his fights, loads of his fights are available in HD quality. Um, and as I say, he's a foreigner, so he's a little bit easier to sort of, you know, understand. And, and uh, in terms of, you know, his career, you can watch his sort of progression a bit easier than you would with Ties when he started out a little kid. So really easy on the eye, as I say, quality in this fight. But actually, Yovachart fought really well as, as well. Um, and what I really liked was him baiting Rodriguez's elbows, slipping, and then catching him with a counter-left hook. Probably should have had a knockdown uh, in the second round. Rodriguez then kept it long as the fight went on. Um, there was more than one occasion where he got sort of uh, caught, stepping in with the elbow, and Yovachar countering with, with a punch. So he kept it long as the fight went on, and probably should have had a knockdown of his own in the fourth round when he slipped underneath a high kick and then caught uh, Yovachar with a counter-punch. Brilliant, brilliant end-to-end stuff. Fifth round was a, was a clinch fest. But what I like to see from Rodriguez is he's able to handle his, uh, sort of hold his own in the clinch with a clinch uh, master like Jovicar. So just a brilliant fight. Highly recommend watching both their fights to see the development. But I'm going to put both fights in the description. Definitely check out their fight from this week. Um, say two-way technical all the time, I suppose. This really was one. Um, you get them a lot in Muay Thai, but it's really refreshing to see a fight at £154. And this is going to sound like a snob, but hear me out. Um, kind of giving you a rundown of why 154 maybe isn't the most prestigious sort of weight uh, for stadium Muay Thai um, or, or Muay Thai in general. But, you know, this is a fight that had real meaning um, and Rodriguez is on a tear. Clearly a quality fighter. And to see Jovicar past his prime, um, and it's crazy, he's like 26, 27, and you think, how can he be past his prime? This guy was in his prime at six, you know, 15, 16, 17 years old. I think he was 17 when he beat Senchai. So gives you an idea of sort of, you know, he's been fighting for this long. His prime, like so many ties, uh, was in his much younger years. So it's good to see him having a good showing as well. Just a really well-matched fight. Highly recommend it. But yeah, as for Rodriguez, 8-0 on the year. Um, you know, what a year he's had. Brilliant fighter. And hopefully he can get some uh, people into Muay Thai that maybe wouldn't necessarily uh, be into it uh, usually. Because it is quite a hard sport to to follow. Even nowadays, you know, there's so much HD footage out there and so, it's so much easier to get streams. Um, you know, 10 years ago, we were lucky that uh, uh, Timo Hugo of uh, Muay Thai was just recording in HD at the stadiums every week and posting it like the same night and you know now we're getting to see live streams but it, it, there is still that block for people um, for a lot of people uh, in, in, in the states and whatnot it's on at silly o'clock um, and you know there's no English commentary it's hard to get info on all these fighters and the culture is just so different you know fighters in, in the western world uh, often talk about you know legacies and you know I want to do this I want to do that and for a lot of the ties it's just a job um, and they just happen to be fucking brilliant at fighting so hopefully Rodriguez can get people uh, involved um, I really think you'll enjoy the fight if you give it a watch one of the reasons I've done this podcast this week I was just going to do a little patron one on uh, the Rise versus Glory card that we had but well worth tying it in with uh, some with a big fight out in Thailand and uh, yeah hopefully you guys enjoy it if you check it out and yeah on Christmas Day we had Rise versus Glory we're going to talk about that after this say hello to a new era of mental health care Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online you'll experience the all new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. 
Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. And we're back. And I'm sure I touched on earlier on the year what a... Brilliant thing it was for, for the sport kickboxing that Glory and Rise had discussed a or agreed to fighter share, um, co-promotion, that sort of stuff. Given the issues kickboxing has with, with co-promoting and, and you know, the, so many brilliant fighters being in so many different organisations. Obviously, we've got K1 and Rise and Glory and WLF and One Championship now. Infusion and, you know, Infusion also part of that uh Rise and Glory partnership and fighter share, so it's it's really great to see. And um, we've had Glory rivals for this weekend, or yeah, as it's always called, the uh, Rise uh, World Series. You know, I think e- each promotion calls it a different thing. Um, December twenty-five at the beautiful uh, Koku Gigan um, Arena Stadium, whatever you want to call it. Um, it was just a, a really great card on paper. Didn't end up. Absolutely brilliant in, in in practice, but it was still a lot to like on the card. Um, not going to talk about all of it, obviously, just for certain fights that I found notable, interesting, that you can check out um, at a later time. First thing you need to do is go to the Beyond Kickboxing Twitter, which is beyond underscore kick, as far as I know, and check out the beautiful knockout uh, from Kyoto Yamada versus Shota Ari. And that was the... as. Um, Ari was coming in with a jab. Uh, Yamada stepped back, caught him or caught him over the jab with a cross counter, flattened him face down. Uh, late contender for knockout of the year, absolute banger. Um, the first fight I'm going to talk about though, from a really like meaningful standpoint, was Shiro versus Masahiko Suzuki. Fighters you would have heard me talk about before in this podcast, I'm sure. Um, Suzuki was having a, a quality year. Um, it beat Akihiro Kaneko on the uh, K1s champion in the same weight. Um, over on the match card back on uh, was it June nineteenth? Um, Shiro has been a mainstay of you know of world class uh, competition and kickboxing. He's fought tension before. He's fought all sorts of people before. He fought uh, Kimura on the uh, on the match card. But Shiro, as frustrating as he can be at times, goes from sort of doing very very little to just blasting people out. You never know what you're going to get with him. Always a professional, don't get me wrong, but you never know what you're going to get with him. This seems to have Suzuki's number. Suzuki is a madman, um, really just high energy, uh, can force people into brawling situations, uh, dangerous striker, and uh, in this one, Shiro was just able to piece him up, land the harder blows throughout, and in my opinion, sort of coasted to a pretty easy decision. Um, 
which Suzuki tried to create collisions, but just was not able to do it um, consistently enough to, to really get a foothold in the fight. So, really impressive win for Shiro to end the year on. Um, one fight to talk about just quickly is uh, Chad Collins uh, fought brilliantly against Hiroki Kasahara. Collins has been a, you know on the international circuit for for years, um, and yeah, just been uh, just had a quality performance here, and uh, yeah, seen him a couple times this year. Uh, for Rise and he's looked decent both times so just a really vast array of uh, of quality uh, sh- sort of striking and uh, yeah well worth a watch I don't think it's going to um, make any end of year lists or anything but you know Collins is, is an interesting fighter um, another interesting fighter I don't not really sold on is, is Taiju um, he took on a, a late notice opponent in uh, Ilias Banis didn't know him Luca Bourdon had not heard of him either um, but Taiju had his way with him just much too sharp and uh, yeah, just pieced him up throughout the fight. Looks brilliant um, upstairs and downstairs. Um, the the fight that the fights I really want to talk about are the three main fights. Uh, Pet Panarong, Kiat Mikau versus Kosei Yamada. Yamada from Shin Karate, um, not had the best year. Um, he's yeah, yeah, a terrible year, but he lost on the match card against Rikia Ampo. Um, one of K1's big big stars, um, and he'd already announced, even though he's not even 30 yet, I don't think, that he was going to retire after this fight. Um, for his retirement fight, um, the scourge of Rise, Pep Panamrong, comes over and just bosses it, really. Um, you know, Yamada not able to get any of the big shots off. Um, he's a guy who sort of goes for big techniques. He will try and wail away with big punches or catch you with something big. Um, and Pep Panamrong just doesn't play that game. He, as soon as he gets in clinch range, he'll clinch you up. He'll land one knee, wait for a referee to break you. He'll pepper you from range with with kicks. Um, it's just hard to get anywhere near him. And when you do get anywhere near him, he's just very, very quick to engage a clinch, hit you with something big, and, and it'll just tie you up. So um, pretty one-way stuff, unfortunately. So, yeah, um, the Kikushin analyst, uh, the Karate Pathfinder, if you do manage to listen to this, sorry, your boy lost. A major disappointment for the card uh, on the card for me was Kaito, um, who come from shoot boxing had a quality year, beat um, Masaki Noiri in one of the best fights on that uh, card, the match, which I keep mentioning because it was just fucking everything kickboxing wise revolved around that year, uh, around that card this year. Um, in my opinion, was was beneficiary of a very fabled division against uh, Glory's uh, Stoyan Kopralinski, who's you know, a good fighter, looked much bigger than Kaito, who I reckon you know looks skinny for the weight. Um, 70 kilos um, and you know really needed to build into this he had a good third round 41 the third round took his time probably taking a look at the bigger man um, you know trying not to get raided with big shots did still ship some big shots by the time he felt comfortable and was able to get off his punches in in the third round and, and sort of work his way back into the fight it was too late won a decision um, I think it was a pretty bad decision <sighs> Yeah, I think given that it's hard, it's hard to put Kaito in the uh, sort of even given his, his youth and the, the impressive year he's had, especially with that fight with Noiri and he's beaten Baynoa this year and you know a couple other decent fighters. He's gone undefeated six and zero this year. I just don't think he should be undefeated after that one. And you know, there's no shame in it. 
I think um, you know he, he fought well, even though he didn't fight well enough to win. But yeah, it is what it is. Um, another fighter who's had a mixed bag uh, year is uh, Kento Haraguchi. As I say, mentioned the scourge of Rise earlier. Pet Pan Rong. Uh, they put him in, put their, their top sort of flagship guy after tension with, in with him again this year, uh, and he lost. Obviously, had the big win of uh, Hideaki Yamazaki, um, which was a quite a depressing fight, but a really. Uh, impressive uh, win in terms of the aesthetics of it and, and a brutal knockout. Um, wins this one over, over Sergey Adam Chug, who's seen better days um, pretty clearly. Just looked sharper, landed the better shots um, in exchanges, was able to get his punches off and slip back out the back door and not really get too involved. Um, but obviously, not at all hindered by an opponent who didn't really get want to get too involved either. So, all in all, Christmas morning. Uh, at least in the UK, entertaining card to watch um, with some recognisable names, couple of good scraps, couple of good knockouts, um, and yeah, all in all, well worth a watch when Rise inevitably uploads the whole card to their YouTube in a couple of weeks' time. Um, but yeah, all in all, lots to like, but didn't really um, spark as, mu- as much as I'd hoped. But that basically brings the first year of Combat Chronicles to a close, at least on this feed. Um, if you are a patron or if you are considering being uh, becoming a patron, there's going to be a uh, Rising versus Bellator podcast on New Year's Eve, which should drop just after that card ends. Um, and then the next um, podcast on this feed is going to be the 2022 End of Year Awards which is pretty cool because the first podcast on this feed was the awards for last year. So pretty cool, and uh, hopefully that will be an enjoyable podcast for you all. Um, coming soon to the Patreon, the Guides of Pride 1 is the focus of January, but in the uh, in the immediate aftermath of the end-of-year awards on this feed, I'm going to drop a fights I missed for the patrons only, which is uh, I think I'm going to pick one fight from each sport, um, boxing, MMA, Muay Thai and kickboxing, one that I didn't get round to covering on the podcast, a significant fight, um, and just you know talk about it, you know why it was significant, uh, what was interesting about it, and a kind of roundup of the year. Um, because you know I haven't had fifty-two episodes this year in total uh, on this feed, so it hasn't been a weekly thing. Um, obviously, there have been larger projects ongoing on on the Patreon front. A um, couple of audio documentaries, which obviously take a bit longer. But I know for a fact there are some notable fights that either I was going to cover and never got round to it, or promised to cover and never got round to it, or just never covered that I think, you know, we should try and uh, wrap up this year with, with, with a bow and, and try and uh, cover all bases and, and everything that was notable in the year, because that's what we want to do on Combat Chronicles, is cover as many notable fights as possible. Uh, if you've sort of joined later on in the year or if you've been there from the start, can't help but uh, note that you've been a brilliant support. Everyone that listens to the show, really, really appreciate it. As I've found my feet, you know, funny enough, I listened to the awards show the other day um, just to myself. I don't really make a habit of, after recording and editing, you don't really make a habit of listening to your own podcast. But I couldn't actually remember what categories I'd done. So I went back and listened Am I going to carry them over? Are there any that I've forgotten about? And um, I've got to say, it was it was rough. It was rough listening to it. The uh, it was a bit of a mess. I hadn't really found my confidence. I hadn't really found my voice at that point. Um, hopefully now it's a bit more uh, sort of feels a bit more. What's the word? Fucking hell. The one time I'm trying to explain how I'm better at talking, I can't speak. Conversational, I guess. A bit more relaxed. Uh, you know, a little less f- sort of. St- 
Oh, God, what's the fucking word? Do you know what? I don't deserve to find the right word because all I've done with that little uh, sequence is proven that I'm not very articulate and I'm a complete fucking idiot and I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. But, hey, if you have listened uh, at all this year, really appreciate it. Hopefully you enjoyed this one. Check out the uh, the fights in, in the description below. Check out the Patreon, www.patreon.com slash Combat Chronicles. And, obviously, check out this feed next week or well, not even next week now, in the uh, next five days or so when I'll drop in the uh, end-of-year awards. As always, if you've got suggestions for awards, I'm pretty sure I've got the categories locked down, but hit me up on Twitter at CombatCR. Thanks, as always, for listening. Until next time, peace out. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.